This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Senate returns to Washington this week with coronavirus-related oversight hearings high on the agenda. The House is tied in knots over the ancient idea of quorum and whether you can have a virtual one. Here with what's ahead, WTOP Capitol Hill correspondent Mitchell Miller. And I don't know what week this is, Mitchell, 12, 14, 18, <laughs> seems like a year. Together, aren't they? they sure are. And uh, let's start with the House, I guess, because uh, you've been following the really bitter arguments over how and where they should meet. Right. I mean, this goes back to an argument, as you alluded to, that's really over 230 years old, whether or not the People's House should actually meet here at the U.S. Capitol. And it really stirred off a huge beehive of activity, really a nasty back and forth between Democrats and Republicans. The House did approve proxy voting, as it's called, that allows a lawmaker to step up and say, I am going to vote for this congresswoman or congressman, up to 10 people. Republicans absolutely hate this idea, and they're really going after Democrats on it, saying, first of all, that they they filed suit in a a D.C. federal court, and that will be the long game. But for now, they are really banging the drum, saying that lawmakers should be here. Their basic argument is, if you have essential workers during the coronavirus crisis— why aren't members of Congress being here? And so when they did have some of their initial votes on this really historic uh, day, there were more than 70 Democrats who were not physically here at the Capitol. Uh, many of them were voted for uh, by members of uh the Washington area delegation, Don Beyer from Virginia, Jamie Raskin from Maryland, both of them, as they noted themselves, are only about maybe 20 minutes away from the Capitol. So they voted for a lot of these lawmakers. And uh, really, it seems to kind of have poisoned the atmosphere where there was some bipartisanship early on uh, as they got these big CARES Act p- packages together. Now we're kind of back to our usual politics where both sides are really going at each other. And on the Senate side, they are back in town, but that HEROES Act, which was passed on party line vote in the House a couple weeks ago, is that on the agenda at all, or are any elements of it on the agenda? You know, not really, Tom. It's mainly oversight hearings that they're going to be carrying out. Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has standed pretty stood pretty firm on this idea of just taking a pause and maybe looking at a few things, but not really moving on anything very fast. Probably we're not going to see anything in terms of a major piece of legislation for at least several weeks, sometime deeper into the summer. Right now, the Senate Banking Committee tomorrow is going to be back with oversight committees. Uh, They'll be taking a look at how the CARES Act has already spent some of its money. That's what a lot of Republicans say we should be doing, is taking a look at what money that's in the pipeline. Is it actually going to where it's supposed to be going. Democrats say, no, we need to act now on a lot of issues, including testing and tracing. So we've seen a lot more of these remote oversight hearings. In some cases, members are in the hearing rooms while others are back in their home state. And carrying this out is really going to be important moving forward because, of course, in addition to dealing with COVID-19, they need to carry out the normal operations of Congress, such as dealing with appropriations bills. Uh, But not surprisingly, many of these hearings so far are addressing issues related to the coronavirus. Just real briefly, uh, one last week was a House Workforce Subcommittee looking at what OSHA is doing or not doing in the view of many Democrats to protect essential workers, uh, which include many federal workers. OSHA's Lauren Sweat defended her agency's response, said she's 
even though they've only given out one citation linked to the crisis specifically, they are handling thousands of complaints. She says that OSHA is providing guidance rather than a temporary emergency standard that many Democrats want. Republicans say establishing that standard normally takes years to do and businesses need to be able to reopen without the threat of lawsuits. We're speaking with Mitchell Miller, Capitol Hill correspondent for WTOP. And meanwhile, the government is starting to at least issue some of the policy guidance agency by agency on having people return to federal offices. And and that's a national phenomenon, not simply in Washington, D.C. And is Congress overlooking that issue also? I wonder if that's something that will come up under oversight. Yeah, it will probably be coming up under oversight because many of the agencies will have slightly different plans for getting their people back. Of course, as you mentioned, this covers everybody across the country, but it corresponds here in the Washington area with the loosening of a lot of restrictions in Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. And so many of the agencies are somewhat paralleling those. Um, but for people around here, many of these agencies, uh, as federal workers know, are moving into the first stage of reopening. So they are continuing, as we've talked about distress telework whenever possible. Among the agencies that have spelled out their plans more specifically is the Energy Department. Uh, They have several phases that they're going to bring back workers, and they're setting up screening procedures for workers and contractors to actually go into the facilities. Uh, On the issue of masks, employees may wear masks in the office, but it's not a requirement according to Energy Department guidance. Uh, The department will provide masks for those who want one. Many other agencies, more efforts are being made to get hand sanitizer stations for its entrances and other high traffic areas. Um, There's also an interesting um, thing that Federal News Network pointed out this week, which is this past week, which was that the department is actually energy department is looking into getting touchless equipment for soap dispensers and faucets at the facility in Germantown, which has a lot of um, sensitive equipment. So other agencies, including the Department of Agriculture, Interior, EPA, they have all released their plans as well. So we will continue to slowly start seeing people moving back into their offices. And again, probably a lot of social distancing and staging of when phase phases of when people can actually come into the office. And the other big topic is inspectors general. The Senate has to confirm Brian Miller to run the whole pandemic oversight apparatus. But then there's issues over the Trump administration's treatment of various agency IGs, and there's bills there, too. That's right. House leaders are really upset about this. They've introduced a bill, um, this is backed by Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, that would limit the basic grounds that a president could remove an inspector general. Um, They would only be able to be removed under certain conditions. Right now, as we've reported and as uh, Federal News Network has reported, many of these inspectors general have been fired or gotten rid of or moved around often on a Friday uh, as the president makes it very clear that he doesn't like what they're looking into and what they may be finding. Now, it is entirely under his powers, as Democrats acknowledge, that he can do that. But there have been so many inspectors general that have been gotten rid of in the last several weeks and months that it's actually starting to make some of the Republican supporters of the president a little bit nervous. Uh, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, who's been a longtime supporter of inspectors general, he made some noise this past week that he wants to make sure that they have the protection they need. Uh, And we heard from a former acting inspector general at uh, Health and Human Services, Christy Grimm. She was pushed a lot by Democrats basically to try to get her to criticize the president. She, being in government for a long time, stayed away from that. But she did stress there is an absolute need for independence for these inspectors general if you're actually going to get to the root of problems in some of these agencies. 
Yeah, that's a strange one because I would think I would expect the administration to challenge if that ever became law that that restrictions on why someone could be fired, why an IG could be fired on constitutional or separation of powers grounds. Right. And we've seen so many of those major issues under the Trump administration being tackled legally in the courts. So I would not be surprised if something like that comes down the pike. All right. So a busy week. Anything else we need to know? Well, we're going to just see how the Senate continues to get back in action. I I suspect what we'll also be hearing is that uh, a lot of senators will be making noise about the fact that the House is not back in session. Uh, There is still going to be this lingering bad feeling, I think, related to these proxy votes that that the Democrats have supported and a lot of Republicans just really oppose. So I think you're going to hear a lot of rhetoric from um, the Republican side saying, why isn't the House here in action? On the Democratic side, Democrats are going to say, why is Mitch McConnell not acting on any specific legislation related to the coronavirus? I do think we are going to start edging into some areas of policy improvements in uh, the pay- payment uh, paycheck protection program for small businesses, which the House last week approved their measure. So we'll probably get some advance on that. And then also Mitch McConnell has made it very clear he wants to get protections uh, for companies so that they do not face lawsuits during this crisis. So we'll probably see some movement on that as well. So a lot of incremental steps coming up, but a lot of things going on this week. Mitchell Miller is Capitol Hill correspondent for WTOP. Thanks so much for joining me. You bet. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.